stand today united in a belief in beauty, courage, and all other elements that transform the world by Jane Addams. Jane Addams was the first pioneer of the social work profession, and she was the first woman to be awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1931. She was known for establishing settlement houses in Chicago for immigrants in the 1900s. So, challengers, welcome to Season 5, Episode 2 at Challenge Me For You, where coaching, connection, collaboration, and innovation as a whole promotes transformation in health and wellness. I'm Nazia Basha, and dear listeners, I'd like to share that this month of March celebrates the social work profession. So I wanted to shed some light on the profession and the role of social workers and how they facilitate change in our communities and in society. Most of my information is coming from the National Association of Social Workers that provides extensive knowledge about the profession, from ethics, advocacy, to best practices. So check out that website at socialworkers.org or .org. I will also share my reasons for choosing this profession and, of course, close with a self-care activity. So dear listeners, you must be wondering how social workers facilitate change. I want you to think about themes such as advocacy, social justice, therapy, communities, policy making, to give you an idea of some of the common themes of this profession. The foundation of the social work profession was aimed at advocating for services for marginalized populations that encountered injustice. They serve to protect the rights of everyone, regardless of gender, race, faith, sexual orientation, or status. They serve individuals with mental illness and developmental disabilities. They provide information and access to healthcare for the uninsured. They serve women and children who have encountered child abuse, trauma, neglect, or domestic violence. They serve individuals substance misuse or addictions. They are educators, researchers, and of course, you may all know of one famous social worker, Brené Brown. Social workers also have different titles as social justice advocates, policymakers, crisis intervention specialists, adoption liaisons, clinical therapists. So, where does the change begin? Well, change starts at three different levels from micro, meso, and macro. In the micro perspective or framework, social workers work with individuals by giving them a voice, giving them the tools, especially for individuals belonging to marginalized communities. For example, working with juveniles with delinquencies, notice that I used person-first language to reduce stigma because you address the human or the person first rather than the behavior. So as a social worker, working with juveniles or we call youth or teenagers with criminal charges, social workers would assess the youth's needs, protective and risk factors, which simply mean 
what are the risks that are causing the child to offend? And what are the strengths or protective factors to help the youth reduce recidivism or relapse into old behaviors? Working at the meso level, you work with families or develop community action team meetings or a network of people that can support the youth in reducing this criminal behavior. Do we have positive role models or mentors, life coaches, who can assist in increasing protective factors? At the macro level, we are advocating for systemic change by working collaboratively with other organizations to end issues leading to criminal behavior. We look at socio-environmental risk factors that perpetuate criminal behavior, such as formulating coalitions to end gang or to end poverty by offering more activities or job opportunities in those areas that these youth live. So yes, this is what social workers do to facilitate change. And these are just examples of one aspect or one field of social work. So dear listeners or challengers, you might ask me why I chose social work. Well, first of all, I had no clue I was going to choose this particular profession by title. I went by my purpose or my passion to coach and serve people, to make a difference, to give people, including myself, a voice, to shed light on the silent trauma caused by toxic societies and to advocate for immigrants. So I had no clue that it will materialize into this particular profession. Back in 2002, after I graduated from high school, I had a bit of an inkling to learn about social behaviors, but I wasn't sure how that would manifest. So I had an idea that I wanted to work with, paradigms, social sciences. So when I went to UF, I chose the health science route, of course, and then specifically in the rehabilitation services. So I graduated in 2008 from the University of Florida, and I was thinking, so what next, Nazio? What are you going to do? I was interested in the Rehabilitation Sciences doctorate program, but found out that that program was no longer being funded, and so it was not available. So then I thought about occupational therapy. I was torn between physical and occupational therapy. Well, physical therapy, I wasn't too keen on the physical demand it required for me, so occupational therapy seemed feasible or like a better option. So I volunteered at a nursing home and I found out real quick that I wasn't inclined to work in that particular environment. And then I volunteered at an outpatient clinic. Uh, My interest was also learning about sensory motor reintegration. I know it's a fancy term. To help children with autism or on the spectrum to focus on building sensory motor skills. But even then, working with very young children didn't seem to captivate me. I love children, but these particular types of modalities and the environment, I still wasn't 100% sold on it. 
but I applied at UF anyway. And then I got my answer. I got rejected. So after that rejection, I realized my heart was not in the profession of occupational therapy. So I didn't know what to do. I worked as a pharmacy tech to see if I can pursue a pharmacy degree. Nah. And that wasn't too appealing for me either. So I ended up working for various positions. I was a sales consultant for Zales Jewelers for a while. I had bills to pay, so I had to work full-time to support myself and my sister at the time. We lived together, and I put in four years of work with that company, and I was pretty sold that I was not going to obtain a master's degree. I was saddened by that experience, that I wasn't pursuing further education, or it wasn't in the cards. I had a lot going on at the time. I was also... I was getting divorced at the time, and that decision was very similar, I could say, when I was trying to decide in pursuing my master's in occupational therapy. And at that time, I was so focused on pleasing other people, family, but then I discovered I wanted to find myself. And so after four years of working at Zales, I had one of my friends reach out and shared a job opportunity to work with a nonprofit organization. It was funded by the Department of Juvenile Justice, and of course, I was intimidated by working with juveniles with records or delinquencies. But I gave it a try, and I am definitely glad I did pursue it, and I'm still working for this company. It equipped me with a lot of skills and gave me the confidence to cultivate alliances with stakeholders and participate in outreach services, also conduct motivational interviewing, securing and allocating resources for clients. So after four years of doing that, I saw the barriers of working with such agencies, the limitations for professional growth and lack of innovation. So slowly it paved my way into pursuing my master's, even though it was about eight years since I had touched a book, or formally speaking, I mean, I've read books in between, but then going back to the academic life, it was a big decision, and I went ahead and did it anyway. So I worked for numerous other agencies um, during my internship, and saw the similar patterns of being or working with nonprofits. So as time went on, people asked, well, why did you choose social work over psychology? And psychology definitely pays well, and I love learning about human behavior and the mind and neuroscience, but I saw that it was just focused on those particular aspects. And for me, it wasn't sufficient enough, and I wanted to pursue something that dealt with social behaviors. I value compensation, but I also value observing social behaviors and systems. After my experiences with burnout and seeing how local agencies operate, I saw the connection between individuals, behaviors, and socio-environmental factors that shape these behaviors, and also looking into paradigms. So anyway, I still see myself engaged in different and creative ways to advocate 
through my podcasts and videos to bring awareness. So as a continuous learner, who knows how things are going to unfold in my professional life, but as a social worker, I'm grateful to implement my passion and purpose through this profession. So dear listeners, I want to ask you this. How do you want to facilitate social change in your lives? What does your support system look like? Let's look at the micro, meso, and macro levels. How does that interplay with your life? So anyway, as promised, as we close, I wanted to incorporate the self-care activity as a reminder to focus on our well-being as being warriors of social change. We also need to reset and recharge. And this is a disclaimer, please do not do this activity while driving or operating any vehicle or vessel. So let's start by bringing our attention to this background music. Focusing on that, our auditory sense, let's start to shift that attention slowly and gradually to the physical sensations of our body. How is our posture? Do we notice any tightness? in certain areas of the body. Do you notice any pain? And where can we soften? Can we find some physical support to ease the sensation? Or just simply bring attention to our breath? So let's take some time to do a body scan. So as we are scanning, are we observing our body's needs? Are we hydrated enough? Did we have something to eat? Trying to bring that awareness see if you need to replenish. As we are in this moment, how is our environment supporting us? Is it calm? Safe? Is it too bright? Too dark? Do we need to step away from the computer to reset? or rest our eyes to engage our olfactory senses do we have anything to activate our senses the sense of smell to boost or either calm our mood just take a moment to address all these aspects that I just mentioned Let's bring our awareness 
back into the closing of this episode. And dear listeners, I appreciate your support and I would love to receive feedback or if you have any questions, please email me at n, the letter N, Basha, B-A-S-H-A, at holistictransformations.com. Thank you for joining me on this topic. I hope I brought some awareness. And we are evolving daily here at Challenge Me for You. Be well, be safe, peace.